0: All right, everyone, it's time for another episode of the Ice Cold Takes podcast. We have a very special guest joining us this week to talk some puck. He's a new member of the Sportsnet team, and he has his own YouTube channel with over 52,000 subscribers. I'm pleased to welcome Nathan, a.k.a. Gravite. It's a pleasure to have you on, Nathan. How are you? It's always
1: great to talk about Rangers hockey. Glad to be here.
0: So I wanted to ask, so I know you, you're from Dallas, right? You're from Texas? hmm So... What's your team then? What what do you mainly pledge allegiance towards? Towards the Rangers yeah. or is it split equally between them and the Stars?
1: Yeah, so the Stars are definitely number one. Uh, the problem is, like I know people like to say I'm not a Stars fan, but the problem is there's just not that much to tweet about them since they're like the most exciting team in the world. So I usually go more towards teams that um, are even more fun to watch. But... The Rangers are definitely up there. They're one of those teams that, especially after the 2018 rebuild when they announced that, I was really excited to see the direction that they were going to go in. And with Capocacco back in the 2019 draft, I loved watching him play. He was my favorite prospect of the draft back then. And I basically said on my channel that whoever gets Capo Caco, I'm going to be rooting for and supporting. It could have been New Jersey. It could have been New Jersey, but I'm very glad it was the Rangers. Obviously, Capo Caco has disappeared and it hasn't really turned out the way I expected. But with this Rangers rebuild and the team they're constructing and especially how fun they've been this year, it's been a pleasure to watch them, even though the stars are still number one, of course
0: okay all right so that clears things up i mean stars have some some pretty good players i was hoping that joe pavelski wouldn't sign an extension there and that he would fall to the rangers because i he's one of my favorite players in the nhl i love that to- guy
1: totally get it he would have been a perfect ranger i mean obviously Cobb and betrano and Moder playing pretty well for the squad but pavelski would have been unreal unreal
0: All right. So before we get into it, uh, I got to ask you, how did you start your YouTube channel? And then how did you move on to working at Sportsnet? How'd that all happen?
1: Yeah. So it started out, I remember in 2017, I was trying to make content for the MLB initially. And I originally started watching Steve Dangle and seeing how he covered um, games for the Leafs. And I want to do the same thing for baseball to start out. So in April 2017, I was just with the baseball season starting up that year. I covered the Texas Rangers for a bit. And what happened was they sucked and they weren't really that fun. So it wasn't really as much of a passionate route that I expected it would be. Then with me getting a lot more into hockey over the past few years back then, it was one of those things where the entire hockey landscape was just much more interesting to talk about. And then I pretty much almost immediately after the baseball season ended, immediately shipped to just making hockey videos full-time initially did I uh, did star stuff specifically with some overall NHL stuff but then I got into more overall NHL topics doing different rankings and prospects and things and uh, I've, I've kept that going for really the last five years now I think the um, five-year anniversary is is pretty close to us so I've been doing that for the last little bit and what happened was, um, I'm pretty sure last December I was contacted to, uh, be a part of the sports that YouTube team and to make content for them, which was unbelievable. Cause I mean, my dream would have been to just like do stuff like regionally, like that would have been like the ultimate dream for me, but to be able to do it on a pretty national scale and to be able to talk hockey and just talk about things I enjoy to as many people as possible. I mean, it, it's been truly a blessing and I am glad to be able to be in this position and, and, um, and have it work out.
0: Yeah, you're supposed to be doing what you're passionate about. And I like to see that you like hockey. So hockey's oh, yeah. a, your favorite sport then.
1: Absolutely. I mean, all it, right, it, there we go. It's been that way for like, the last half decade at least, definitely.
0: Yeah, I mean, for me, hockey and then way down here it's baseball. I mean, I yeah. love I love baseball, but it's just not the same as hockey, especially at that's this true. time of year with with these the playoff atmosphere that's go, been going on in these games like that game against Pittsburgh, I don't know if you watched that one, the Rangers yeah, I... versus the Penguins, oh my gosh, that so was a good. blast from the past. Like the 2014-15, 13-14 teams, like where every game was a one-goal game in the playoffs and it was a nail-biter and the goalie standing standing on his head just with a big save at the end. Crazy. Rangers, I mean, since the trade deadline, I – as a fan, I can't say enough good things about them. They've completely turned it around. Even strength play is outstanding. Oh, yeah. They've had like I think eighteen even strength goals uh, since the trade deadline, which is the most in the league. And That's all right. uh, yeah, um, and before then they were like twenty thirds, twenty something, and that was the big thing that we were all talking about. Like th- this team is too top heavy. We don't have enough to get to move forward we can't just keep relying on Panera and Zibanejad Kreider Kreider is breaking out this year he's gonna get 50
1: mm-hmm.
0: at and, this rate he might
1: yeah. he might just get 70 like I don't even know <laughs> what to think about the guy's just I don't know what ha- what kind of offseason training he did what he what he what he fed himself it, it's gotta be something special I gotta I gotta admit
0: we like to joke on Rangers Twitter that he's been staying on sides and that's why he's been able to get so many goals
1: don't make sense.
0: Yeah, um, but it's safe to say the Rangers have taken a big step forward th- this year. So, to you, what has been the biggest surprise?
1: I mean, Chris Kreider is definitely the one. I one of the worst, probably uh, like one of the worst NHL takes overall I've had over the past couple of years is that Chris Kreider already hit his peak. Which, considering his his kind of interesting injury history and how he was performing up to this point. It, it, I don't think many of us, maybe some of us expected him to have a solid year this year, but I don't think any of us expected him to be this good, especially with Lafreniere and, and that left side being as clogged as it is. We, I think we kind of expected maybe Lafreniere to take that next step. Maybe Chris Kreider to take maybe a back step, be more in a leadership role, potentially maybe being captain and still scoring a ton of goals, but not, not being top five in the Maurice for shard race. That's definitely the biggest surprise, but honestly, besides that, I mean, I feel like the biggest one comes down to that defense and specifically Jacob Truba, who coming into this year, I don't think was nearly worth what he was making. But especially this season, I think, mean, especially early on in the year, he was really leading leading a lot of that Rangers defense, playing pretty well with Keondra Miller for a long time as well. And I just think being the cornerstone defenseman that the Rangers really paid him to be and traded him to be, this year I think he's definitely taken that next step. But honestly, both of those guys, Chris Kreider and Jacob Truba, they needed some, they needed more from them to truly get to that next level, especially with Lafreniere and Kako not truly getting to that next level yet. And I think honestly, both of those guys have been so huge for them. But honestly, like this entire Rangers team, I thought they would be maybe a wild card team, maybe third in the Metro. Um, I don't, I don't really see many people having them this high. But we're obviously happy to be wrong about that.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that and the whole wild card situation. I thought they were going to be like a wild card team, not like a second or third in the division. Yeah. Possibly, there's a very, very real chance that they could finish first in that division in yeah. the metropolitan division because they have an easy schedule uh carolina does have an easier schedule too as well uh but to see the rangers where they are i would not have predicted that second in the metropolitan no way and they've been there the entire year the entire yep. season like i can't i can't i can't say enough good things like last year was so inconsistent like, it was win one, lose one, win one, lose one, lose two, lose three. Oh, yeah. And then, like, the way they lost two was just they they gave up. It was like one-goal games, but it was just like, come on, how do you lose that? With with David Quinn, it it just—the the whole feel of the team was off. And now with Gallant, I don't know what it is, but maybe it's Reeves, the Reeves effect. <laughs> but everything is so dynamic. Like, mm-hmm. the players that we have this year— not too much has changed. I mean, after the deadline, it's a it's a completely different look for the the bottom six. Yes, but we still got Panarin, Drag Kreider. Those guys are still here. Now Lafreniere is starting to play like a beast. Yep. And even Heedle is playing really well recently. I think, I think having those two play together, Lafreniere and Heedle, is a really really good thing. I'd like to see them continue to do that. Uh, that third line, like the third line, uh, if they could play. Like 13, 14 minutes a night, just a way to lengthen that lineup and provide more offense. That's how you get more even strength goals. And that's what the Rangers have been doing recently.
1: Absolutely. That even yeah, and even strength play, I can't believe it. Like I, I I remember just the discussions that pretty much all of us on, not even just Rangers Twitter, it was one of those things that started to leak to NHL Twitter, how people started noticing, oh yeah, the Rangers are kind of being carried by Shostorkin and... Recently, I mean, Shostakovich has still been fantastic as he always has been, but he's hasn't had to carry the team now with that, that depth. And to me personally, I remember the discussion around the Rangers trade deadline being about getting a top six forward and getting somebody on that right side, which was definitely an important piece. But I felt like that third line was especially the biggest weakness. Mm-hmm consistently that was probably the least consistent line and probably the line that needed the most work if they were going to have some playoff success and now you look at it now you look at that third line but you just look at the depth overall on the lineup I mean just having a guy like Tyler Mott who won't score that many points but just does so many little things I knew he'd be a perfect ranger when that happened that trade happens and he's been better than expected yes the points haven't come but that's not exactly what he's there to do he's been so key in, in almost every area and that just shows what Chris Drury can do he can see weaknesses and and find improvements in it and i feel like again going back to that trade deadline the rangers were pretty underrated in just the moves they made to get their weaknesses i wouldn't call them i mean they could be the biggest winner but they made underrated moves and i feel like for a lot of teams they kind of missed the point at the trade deadline but the rangers i thought they did perfectly and we're starting to we're already seeing the the um rewards of that which is
0: crazy. I think for most fans, uh, going off of what you're saying about the the big top six forward, I think most fans want that sexy acquisition of that like yeah. Drew. They want that Tomas Hurdle, they want I saw that so guy. so
1: many Phil Kessels. Phil
0: Kessel. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Phil Kessel at this point in his career, he yeah. on the Rangers, he'd probably be more of a bottom six guy, but the cop and Vitrano and, and Mott, like those guys are to me, those are the sexy acquisitions at this point in where the Rangers roster is right now. We already have good enough players in our top six. Like Strom is, yep. he is good enough to play in the in the top six. Like we know this, him and Panarin have great chemistry. He slowed off a little bit with his production, but I mean, and he's injured now, but he's still gotten it done over the past, I don't know, three, four years, however long he's been on the team. Um so They're fine in that department. Maybe they move on in uh, in the offseason and and make that fix in the top six if they need to. Uh, we'll get to that in a bit, but yeah, that bottom six, that's all I, I really wanted, but the main thing for me was that they didn't give up much either, so the biggest piece they gave up was Morgan Barron, who wasn't going to fit in the lineup anyways. They just, they're they going to play
1: McKeg not... over him. So right.
0: They're going to gonna the play McKeg over him anyway. So, what are you doing with him? It was a very, very smart use of a trade asset. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was nothing else that he could have done. I, I wish him the best. I, I He was all right. Um, but it just, the way the, the coaching staff laid out their lineup every night, it didn't seem like he had a chance of, of staying in there. And maybe that's going to be the same thing, too, with Zach Jones. Uh, I like his skill set, but. Uh, the way Nemeth's been playing recently has been pretty good, but with the cap, with the cap hit, this cap struggles, uh Rangers are gonna find themselves in a bend in the offseason. Uh eleven million in space. They have Kako, Blay, uh who else do they have to sign? Um Ryan Strom is the big one. Yeah. Strom's the big one. We might have to get rid of Nemeth to to uh, save some space and run uh, run a D pair of Schneider and Jones. That would be exciting. I don't know if, how willing the Rangers would would be to do that. How would you feel if you saw that, Jones and Schneider as your third pair?
1: I mean, it would be it it would be risky for sure. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, the thing is, I would be a lot more comfortable, especially if that's next year and that's and then they get some time to gel. I think throwing them both to the wind that way is a little, is quite a bit risky. The thing I think that's that's helped Brain Schneider is having so many other defensive older players on the team to help him. And when you have a guy like Zach Jones, who's also kind of feeling things out, I mean, I'm personally not the biggest critic of having two younger players. And I feel like with Zach Jones and Bernie Schneider, they both could work off each other pretty well. Um, But I I just feel like for the Rangers, it it, it definitely helps if you're in a um, less contending position than New York. But let's say they are, uh, let's say they go... Into next offseason, they trade Nemeth and then they have Zach Jones and Brian Schneider as appearing next year. I could actually see that working out pretty well. Uh, longer term and having those two guys together. I feel like that could be a pair that we see for a while this year. I don't think it's obviously going to happen, but next year I could, I could see that. I, I, Nemeth is definitely a, a big one that I think they're going to deal. And he'd pr- be a guy that with his defensive style and still being okay, I think he's still going to get some value out there. Um, but yeah, I mean, 2.5 for Nemeth. I, I remember even at the time, even though I think he had a good year of Colorado last year in some areas, I really didn't think it was going to be that great of a contract, especially with the term, but yeah. I think Jones is an interesting one. There's so many, there's so many players the Rangers have defensively that could step into that role. I mean, we just saw the Tarmo Rhiannon trade yep. earlier, which is another depth defenseman that we thought could make the lineup. But you got other players like Matthew Robertson in the system and other players that could fill those roles. Zach Jones, I guess is just another player like that who I, I think just needs more seasoning. And if he's on a third pair with Brain Schneider, I think that's about as perfect as you can make it honestly.
0: Yeah, I, I wouldn't be against that either. And uh, speaking of cap space, clearing that out, uh, Ryan Strom might be asking for a lot of money. We don't know how much it is that he's asking for. Some would, some choose to believe that if they were going to sign him to an extension, it would be done by now. Um, mm-hmm. It's tough to say how how much he wants. If it's like anywhere north of six million dollars at this point. I don't know how how willing I would be to to dish that out. I, w- I used to say six point like one two five like as a comparable to Mark Shifley. Mm. Uh, I I like Shifley. I think that's a that's a really good player. Obviously, he's better than Strom. Uh, they're both kind of similar. Like they're very good offensively, but defensively they they struggle. uh, yeah. uh struggle I think Shifley is the worst. Uh... Yes, yeah,
1: Shifley is is putting it. A putting it very lightly yeah yeah Yeah. we'll just
0: say we'll just say that um i i i don't know what what direction the rangers choose to go with this maybe you could enlighten me what you think uh i was thinking maybe dylan larkin if they can't come to terms with strome in the offseason that would be nice i mean obviously the rangers just played detroit so we got a good look at him uh but what do you think about maybe dylan larkin for that two c spot
1: I mean, if Steve Eisman wants to have the have his one bad trade that he's ever made be with the Rangers, I would not be complaining all that much. To me, I really don't know with Detroit because I feel like with their situation and their especially their center situation, they don't really have a guy who can be in the system that comes up and plays like dylan larkin can in the future that's like because to me if if let's say dylan larkin was a winger or something i could see him being a little bit more expendable like top right. tuesday has kind of been um but i feel like for the rangers i mean we were talking about earlier with cop and strome obviously we've seen cop and panarin and that connection with the great assist from panarin behind the net and right to cop in the middle and then in the last game with Detroit how they had that overtime winner and together I mean to me personally it would be really interesting and with Strom I personally think he's getting 6.5 somewhere I don't know if it's with the Rangers it's probably not with the Rangers but I think somebody's gonna give him 6.5 I don't know what the term would look like but I think he's gonna get I think he's gonna get that much just with how much much. centermen get It's, it's nuts but I feel like if you're if you are New York, and yes, you've established great connection with Strom and Panarin and everything. But if you're New York, you might just explore the idea of letting Ryan Strom go and potentially signing Cop as the second line center. And it would be it would be incredibly risky because you have Cop, who's mostly been a third liner. Sometimes has played second liner and sometimes even first with Winnipeg, but he's a player that already has established connection with with um, Artemi Panarin. Already is positionally an amazing player and a great goal scorer. He's a player that, although I'm not in love with as a second line center, he's a guy that I don't think would be nearly as as costly as Ryan Strome would be. But he's also UFA after this year which presents its own sort of problems he's making 3.6 this year but I don't think he's going to get close to that I think he'd probably get maybe five at most maybe 4.5 yeah I don't think
0: he's anywhere near as expensive as Strong
1: And that's that's why I think the Rangers will probably go in that direction. I mean, for the Rangers, that's that's the situation they're now in. They got to save as many dollars as possible to sign guys like Kianja Miller and and Lafreniere in the future. Mm-hmm. So you got to be as as conscious as that as possible. I mean, there's only so many Barkley Goodrows you can sign for six years and have it work. And I feel like Cop is just a guy that already is fitting so well, already is doing the right things. I think it's just a risk you kind of have to take if you're Chris Drury.
0: Mm-hmm. I I was also on the this the bandwagon of trying to get a, a elite winger for that second line uh, mm-hmm. right wing spot i mean not trade Kako. like keep him like on the third line and lengthen the lineup but have like a uh, patrick kane or debrinkit on there like cuz i heard there those guys were on the on the block man if you link up panarin and kane again it doesn't matter who the center is their center was anisimov in when they were playing together <laughs> and anisimov he killed it. He had like 40 something points when he played with them. Like, it doesn't matter who your center is at that point. If you have two elite wingers, like a Panarin and Kane or a Panarin mm-hmm. and Debrinket, that would be awesome. But I think it would be safe, safer, the safer option, like you said about, you know, having to resign. What happens if next year Lafreniere gets like 30 goals and Keandre Miller is like uh, a Norse caliber defenseman? Then they're going to ask for a lot of money, and then you're going to be screwed because you're not going to be able to afford like your second-line right winger for that much longer. I think it would be safer if they ran with whatever they have right now, keep everybody like sign cop, right? As much as it pains me to say this, because I love Strom. I think he's a good player. I think it would be good if they signed cop, uh, Mott, Vetrano, keep those guys, and then Kako as the second-line right winger and hope he kicks ass next year. Mm-hmm. Oh, Cause
1: please. <laughs> that's what you,
0: would you agree that that's the spot he needs to play on, on the team. Kako. I mean, Panarin. If, if, with Panarin.
1: Yeah. If, if he's on that line with Panarin and cop, I think that's a pretty perfect fit because even though cop is somewhat similar to Kako and like in, in the ways he doesn't, isn't afraid to control possession and be a little bit more physical. I feel like you could still really use a player like Kako on that line. Who's, Who's just so hell-bent on getting pucks, keeping it on, on the right side and and hopefully keeping transition in in, in the right direction. With Cop, he he's a great finisher, already has great chemistry with Panarin. And I feel like all those those three guys all have different things that work together pretty closely. And Obviously, it's still a risk because you you still have Kako who's at this point still an unproven commodity, especially production-wise. But I feel like if all three of those guys are together, if they're healthy and we've already seen Kako with all the hard work he's put in when he has played, I, I just feel like that's going to be such a hard line to play against. And that's what the Rangers really, I mean, have really tried to maximize is with players like Ryan Reeves and Barclay Goodrow trying to be as 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 hard and trying to be as as really dangerous and as they possibly can be. And I feel like for the Rangers, they go in that direction, especially if they go if they choose cop rather than Strom, even though you might maybe get less points you're making yourself more playoff ready. I think you're making yourself be- more hard uh consistently to go up against. I feel like in the Metro that matters a lot. Um So we'll see I, I, if I, if they go in that direction though, I think that's where he should be. I think that's where Kako would, would play the best. Really.
0: I think the cycling on that line would be in- oh, insane. Like they would just it would be, be so fun. Oh, yeah. Man. Cause Kako is like a wizard against the, against the board. It's like, up, mm-hmm. up on the goal line like his rookie year i don't know how many times i i need like someone to get a compilation of every time he had the puck in the corner boards and like would fight off checks and stuff he you, you just couldn't take him down not even with like two guys he would just he would just skate circles around everybody it was nuts The yeah i think i think that would be i again like i i think i'm speaking for the majority of fans uh kako on that line is what we want to see that was what, like the by far, the Rangers' most entertaining line all season oh, yeah. uh, Panarin, Strom, and Kako. Kako was at his best when he was on that line. He had like eight points in seven games, which was insane
1: good times man good times
0: but, yeah and we'd much rather see Kako than Greg McHeg of course oh
1: yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. That, that, i think i'd rather watch a lot of players almost anybody besides Greg McHeg at this point so yeah definitely
0: <laughs> i was um i saw someone tweet a uh, a box score of every of like all the rangers players expected goals for last night against detroit and everybody was like above 50% or something and McKeg was like in the top 5 and I was like, "What? There's no way." That's a career That's great.
1: game for him. <laughs>
0: yeah, the career game. Yeah, exactly. Revo with uh with TNT goal number three. Uh, yeah, he's he's great. I love seeing Ryan Reeves in the lineup. It it just adds something that uh like electricity. I guess I, I guess mm-hmm. you could call it. There's something about. He's not the greatest hockey player, but I don't know something about him. Just makes me feel a lot better watching the game.
1: He, he's just—he's just one of those players that I mean, the fourth line is—is is, especially regular season wise, I think is a, a line you can just put out there and hopefully just bring energy and and grind out opponents so you can get your top six going and everything. But with Ryan Reeves, he brings so much extra. Like you can tell. The locker room loves him. You can tell every player on, on the ice just loves watching him and wants to see him succeed, which I think is such a huge part of things. But he's a player that just is so electric. He loves, loves, in the, loves showing up in the big stage, which for the, for the Rangers trying to make a, themselves as playoff ready as possible is a huge, is a huge thing. But yeah, I mean, Reeves, Reeves brings so much that like a Greg McKeg is not even a competition. I mean, Reeves brought that in, in almost every place he's played in, in Vegas, especially and now at the Rangers and they're getting exactly what they paid for.
0: Yeah. I, I love the acquisition. I don't care what his analytics say. I've been more in favor of analytics recently. Like I see the value in it. But for me, with a, a player like Reeves, I'll take entertainment over the analytics.
1: Yeah, he's like, one of those <laughs> – like, I love analytics, especially like special goals for, I think, is fantastic. But Reeves is just one of those players that it almost doesn't matter. And especially if you're on a fourth line, it's, I'll, I'll take it or leave it. When you've got Ryan Reeves, I, I'm okay with it.
0: Yeah, we also have other good players there too. Like Mott is a is a legitimate fourth line player. Like mm-hmm. he's a he's a, like a very very good hockey player. Yep. Like him on the penalty kill is outstanding. I love seeing him on the penalty kill. He makes so many smart decisions. Like he'll block a shot or he'll take he'll take the puck out of the um the defending zone into the attacking zone, then skate back and pass it back to his defenseman and kill off another 20 30 seconds of a power play. I love it. Love to see it. Um, this is that that's that's huge. Like that's stuff like that I remember seeing that Rangers team in the playoffs like from 2013 14, they would do that. They would mm-hmm. do make those smart kinds of plays. And that's I can't wait for the playoffs. Like how how deep do you think the Rangers are going to go?
1: Well, first things first, MSG is going to be so fun. I'm so jealous to anybody that's going to, be I, I, I want to be there in spirit, but for the Rangers this year, I mean, we saw who they're going to be playing against most likely unless they didn't win the division It's probably going to be Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, Originally, like two months ago, I probably would have said Pittsburgh because of the five, and five woes with the Rangers and Shusterkin likely being the only reason they would potentially win a series like that. But now with the acquisitions of Vetrano and everybody else and really having that bottom six so carefully chosen and carefully played out. I I feel like this is a team that if they go against Pittsburgh, I think they win against the Pens. I, I, if I had to choose one team, I think the Rangers would beat them with Shishurkin's play, obviously, but just with a defensive improvement they've had. And really, I mean, the penguins are one of the most underratedly weaker teams in the playoffs. These past few years, they've been losing in the first round consecutive years for how long now um and i feel like for the rangers they're a team that especially getting past this pens team who has a lot more experience would be a huge step in the right direction um now personally they probably face the canes in the second round i don't know i don't think the rangers get past that but even at the same time if you can at least go seven games against pittsburgh and potentially win that even Face off against a team like Carolina, who in a lot of ways is better and is a better opponent. But you want to have some experience against them. To me, if I get to the second round and even if I lose against the Canes, I'd still be pretty happy. Obviously, you want to win the Stanley Cup if you're the Rangers all day, but that's a big step to take for this Rangers team that hasn't won anything in the playoffs these past couple of years. And I think taking that next step, being Pittsburgh, is a pretty is a pretty reasonable thing to do this year. And I feel like just with the strength of the team, the strength of that bottom six now. I think it'll happen, but I do think they'll probably meet their maker uh, in the second round.
0: Yeah, if the Rangers, I, th- I think the best matchup they could possibly have, where it's the most evenly matched, is Pittsburgh. Like that would is mm-hmm. a great test for for this team, and if they're able to pull off of a, a series win against Pittsburgh, it's going to be huge for their confidence. Like, oh yeah, I mean they deserve it. They've worked so hard this year. They've worked so damn hard. And recently, like, the way they've been playing since the trade deadline has just been outstanding. Uh, I mean, putting aside that game against the Devils, that one doesn't count. Uh, that <laughs> yeah, one doesn't...
1: we forget about that one. That never yeah,
0: happened. exactly. Yeah, ever since then it's just been has just been great. Lovely. Uh, I mean, they, that,
1: that, he... Let me mention something real quick. Go ahead, go ahead. Interrupt. One of the things that I think is huge for this team, especially with Gerard Gallant coming in as a head coach, they stink it up versus New Jersey and play two or play the, what was it? Right after the game that was Pittsburgh or right before that they play New Jersey and then it was Pittsburgh, right? Right. So they, they follow up on the worst games of the season with one of the best games of the season. And that just shows the strength of the locker room that shows the strength of this team. And I think that's so important.
0: I was there for that game against Pittsburgh, like oh, the follow-up after the devil's game and Oh, wow. That was just, that was a full, complete sixty-minute effort, and it was like the, one of the only times this year where we've seen that they, they've looked good. But there's times where they kind of fall asleep at the wheel, and they let the opponent get back into it. And you know, it's not—we it, don't want to see that. We don't want to have like to rely on Chester. And we're, and like you said earlier. We're doing it less and less. We're relying on the goalie less and less. Mm. Last night Georgiev was in net, let's in two soft goals in the beginning and they still find a way to come back. They had no business winning that game with with the way Georgiev played and they still found a way to get it done. If Georgiev had made those simple shot uh, saves on those easy <laughs> shots, Rangers easily would take that game no not even in overtime. Uh there's a timer, but um last thing, so yeah, I I mean just if 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 like like I said, if if Georgiev makes those saves, game doesn't go to overtime. Mm-hmm. The accountability is just in, incredible. I love to see it, uh, and that's that bodes well for the playoffs too. If they're able yep. to make it to the second round, I think that's a good step for them in in the future uh, for next year. I I'll have higher expectations for sure, though.
1: Yeah, that's true. I mean, the thing is, I think for this Rangers team, just having that accountability, like we were talking about, just having that, it's a lot more. Of like you look at the you, the accountability, but just the, the play of this team compared to David Quinn and the mood of this team. Like they're so much more confident. They're so much more confident in themselves. And that bodes so incredibly well for these next two seasons of Rangers hockey. I think mean, even we can talk all we want about the struggles of five on five play with the Rangers at times throughout the season, but the team is confident. The team loves playing in new york and you can tell that they're just so much more happier under Drew and that just makes a world of difference so even if they lose in the second round that's such valuable experience for everybody especially the younger players like keondra miller and adam fox who haven't had true playoff success yet um but it's just a matter of time for the rangers to break through and hopefully someday when that's Stanley Cup.
0: all right nathan thanks so much for joining me is there anything else you would like to add on before we wrap it up um, the anything only you thing want to say really? to Rangers fans, uh,
1: well, obviously go Rangers. Um, but <laughs> honestly, like if I, if I was like, if the Rangers were my number one team, I'd be doing anything possible to go to MSG this year in the playoffs, root as hard as you possibly can. Cause I mean, life is short. We all know this, but the, this Rangers team is special. I hope they do something big and, uh, no matter what, it's going to be, it's going to be a special playoffs. I have a, I have a feeling about that.
0: All right, you heard the man. Uh, let's go Rangers, and uh, thanks for listening this week. Hey, Rangers fans. Thank you so much for listening to the Ice Cold Takes podcast this week. Make sure you follow at Ice Cold Takes Pod on Twitter to stay up to date with the latest Rangers info. See you all Closing next week. Time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. I know!